This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And Rachita, Rachita, how would you say that? Rachita. Hey, because it's not an S. Like, we know Rachita Jones. Yeah. Uh, Rachita? Uh, yeah. We'll ask her. She'll probably All reply right. to it, but yes. She's 100% right. We're coming to you live from Studio B in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're being produced today by Stephen Nicholas. After a White Sox winner, 7-3, they went and did the damn thing, Herb. They did. It was good to see early uh, struggles by Lucas Giolito. As we discussed in the pregame, Lucas tends to give up an early home run, and this one was no different. Six pitches into the game, Taylor Ward leaves the earth, and then he what strikes out Trout and makes Otani look um, not weird, but he pops it up way high in the ceiling, and uh, Luis Robert makes that uh, easy catch. But Lucas does exactly what he does usually, gives up early runs, settles in, and then I would have loved him to go six, but he had way too many pitches, way too much uh, uh, pitches to get these uh, uh, angels out. But five innings and what he did today, fine. Nothing that I would, uh, you know, bellyache about. Nothing I would uh, scream from the rooftops about. It's not his best performance, but this performance versus this team is always notable because it- that offense can be going off, as we saw yesterday, at any time. It's pretty interesting because um- – I label him as okay, and then our guy Steven was like, hey, do you want the stuff graphics that I usually have? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. I thought it was a, a pretty mediocre Lucas start. Yeah. There's some things in there. We'll get to it later. There's some things in there that, that, that surprised me. So I, I, I get your point, but um, Lucas looked, I thought, pretty well. Um, I, again, I, I don't think we can be too uh, much of beggars and choosers when Shohei Otani is one of the guys taking him deep. And, Oof. hey, we knew Taylor Ward was going deep. We should we should have put a lot of more. We should put money on that. I mean, we knew he was giving up a first inning home run, so we could have sprinkled it on Ward. We could have sprinkled it on Trout. Could have sprinkled it on Otani. Uh, but still, I mean, even though he made that first inning mistake, he didn't let it beat him up. Nope. And again, only three runs. It's not great, but uh, the the bullpen was great. I mean, Reynaldo Lopez, hello, two back. innings uh, back. Uh, you have uh, our slider guy. was sliding. Aaron Bummer getting that slider slide and, mm-hmm. and, and getting Mike Trout to swing at one in the dirt. Made Otani look real, real weird with that slider. Uh, Graveman came up, buried him, uh, and he looked a little iffy, but he was able to get the job done. Uh, so I- exciting win, but then even as Minidar brings up, there's Moncada grimacing. Uh, as well late. And, and, you know, you mentioned it from the right-hand side, yeah. you know, the nerve and back issue that he's been having seems like it's flaring up a little bit for you. Uh, yeah, but Minidar, you also say make the trade. Make the trade to who? If he's hurt, who's accepting him? What are you getting back from him? 
Mankata's on the team, guys. Just I get it. He's on the team for this year and next year. So he's not getting traded. And yes, he's hurt. I think as the White Sox like to do, he's hurt while rehabbing his injury on the fly. And he should just be IL'd until he can be some type of semblance of close to 100%. Because this is not the guy. Yeah. If defense still plays. And it always does. I mean, he did make a, not an air, but it was a rocket shot that uh, turned into a double in the game. And so a regular healthy Mankata, I think, scoops that up. But for all the rest of the plays, he made him look routine. So if he can do that and you get contributions up and down the lineup like the White Sox did, I think they can deal with Mankata being less than that he is right now. Um, not including today's game, uh, but in the 17 games since Mankata has returned from the IL, 14 hits, four of them are extra base hits. No home runs. 16 strikeouts, only three walks. Yeah. 241 batting average, 302 on base percentage, slugging percentage of 328. So that's an OPS of 629. Not great. Um, I know that he's making a lot of money, mm-hmm. but probably use a day off. I know we just saw Aloy Jimenez out in right field. He had, I think, two balls that he had to make plays on. Um, one, Luis Robert cut him off for. And that is a play that was kind of in between both outfielders. I don't mind. Luis cutting him off. You can obviously talk about it. Uh, and then we saw one more towards the right field line that wasn't the prettiest play, but he made it. Um, so just seeing that Yo is struggling, I understand that you know you got to get Jake Berger in the lineup, but I would rather see Jake Berger play third base than Aloy Jimenez playing right field. You know, I, I would rather find ways to get Yo on days off and keep Aloy in the lineup and Jake Berger in the lineup by just giving Mancata those days off because his Love is fantastic, but, I mean, he's hurt. I mean, it's clear, at least at least from the right-handed side, he's hurt. So if we are going to have Yohan bat from the right-handed side, well, then maybe Jake Berger platoons right-handed Yohan Moncada at third base, or Hanser Alberto platoons right-handed Yohan Moncada at third base. I understand the defense is a huge downgrade there, though, uh, especially when you're up and trying to win a game and close out a game, but, I mean, he, he, he looks horrible. Yeah, I would think tomorrow, a uh, day game after night game, a lot of vets will get the night off. I, mean, I think we'll probably see Yasmani back in there. It's a right-handed pitcher on the bump for the Angels. And then you would get Jake Berger, hopefully, at third base. You'll get your right fielder being Gavin Sheets or at designated hitter, either one of those guys. And you got to keep Aloy in the, in the in the batting order. What is it, 11-game hitting streak now? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a day off from Yohan would be perfect because then you could parlay it into two days off because there's Thursday is an off day, too. And then if you really are feeling your oats, you play him on Friday and Saturday, give another off day on Sunday because Monday is another scheduled off day for the White Sox. And then you can get him, you know, if you're doing this on the fly, you can get him as healthy as he can be with the multiple days off and then him off his feet and not coming into games like Pedro likes to do on his off day. Say, hey, man, you're off today. You, specifically, Yoan Mangata, are off. We're not going to go to your well at all unless we are in the 13th inning and we need a batter up. And that's your only time that we're going to play you. But, yeah, he, I would say IL time would be more beneficial for the White Sox and him. But they like to do it this way. And so we have to live this way where Yoan's less than. But the the defense, I think you still get plus value. You get positive value out of Yoan Mankata, even though the bat is not electric or doing anything. But my guy uh, Clark had a good point. He scored on a double from first base. You know, so he was low flying. 
on that Andrew Vaughn double. Not many people do that. Not in this lineup. I know Andrew Vaughn, if it was the reverse, is not scoring from first. And we saw earlier in the game. He's trying his best. We saw earlier in the game when I was talking all all year long about Jake Berger, third fastest White Sox, double down the line by Luis Robert. Jake Berger's at third. I'm like, come on, Jake. You're making me look bad out here. Come on, man. Pick, Pick him up and put him down like you usually do. It was a uh, Vaughn caught stealing or was it that w- not caught stealing? It, yes, he was caught stealing because the ball got away from the catcher a, a bit. And then Vaughn tried to go to second. He thought he was some other player. He thought his legs worked a different way. He's on. He's playing a piano when he's out there. It's on his back and he's playing it because I don't know otherwise what he's doing when he's puts one leg in front of the other. Run- he should just hit the ball over the fence a little bit more so we wouldn't have to run as fast. Runner's fielder's choice. Okay. So that's a really you weird know, thing. Not it wasn't a it wasn't caught stealing. So, you know, he chose to be out at second base. By five to ten feet. Um I, I do love Andrew Vaughn. Obviously that's been known. Uh came up huge, didn't have to worry about bases loaded situation because he unloaded him, gave him a four three lead. Uh, and then, hey, Romy Gonzalez, let's mm, go. Man. I, I, I also think it's hilarious that Bill brings up Roman Roy, right? And this whole time I've been thinking, oh, Romy, Roman Roy, right? Succession. I haven't finished it, so please no spoilers. I haven't watched the show. Um, But the whole time Kendall Graveman's been in the bullpen and I've never made any Kendall Roy jokes. There's three brothers, uh, and there's Connor. Uh, no, There's no Connor on the White Sox. There's Connor Gillespie, but, you know, we don't – He's he's not on the White Sox, mm-hmm. uh, but there's Roman Roy and Roman Roman Romy Gonzalez, and then Kendall Graveman and uh, Kendall Roy. Oh, they're all dead. Great, that's good. <laughs> I don't think right. it's all an island. Oh, okay. It's all an it's all it's all an island in one of, in uh, the old man's head. I can't think of his name. I don't know either. I've never seen go. the show. Um, is it really good? Yes. Okay. No, so, it's it's so great. I should watch it. I yeah. should catch up. And I have watch like four episodes left. Um, a big thing just happened, and just kind of, I just, I don't know. I just can't really process it. Um, I still got to do that one and the one Logan. with Adam Scott, the Apple TV show with Adam Scott, the actor from uh, Parks and Recreation, who has been Wyatt. Oh, I forgot what that one's called. Somebody will help me in the uh, chat, but it's like about an office space, or it's like about an office. I don't, it's probably about an office. Yeah, he's like a office guy. Somebody will remember it. Um, but I, you know, enthralled currently with Severance. Severance. That's where it is, Severance. Um, I'm currently enthralled with the best show in TV, maybe almost ever, Ted Lasso. And I think it might be ending tonight. So he's one of my favorites. I'm, I'm happy for you. I Jason mean, Sudeikis is great. Almost as good as Romy Gonzalez. Yeah, let's 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 move Almost. on. I don't I don't have any thoughts about it. I don't have any thoughts about Ted Lasso. You should. It's great. You like soccer. I no, I like you gambling like, on you like, soccer. You like laughing. I, I let's make a let's make a, this statement more clear. I like gambling. You like laughing? Like fun? Sneakers is fine. I, I saw you know what? Probably one of maybe, the best maybe two SNL episodes, three time. episodes of uh Ted Lasso. Eh. Um, I've seen three straight games of a Romy Gonzalez home run. I like that. I, I'm, 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 I'm enjoying Romy Gonzalez just hitting. You homer can't trade that guy. Homer you can't homer. trade that guy. You just can't. Not at all. I mean, that's good. He's finally coming to be the guy yeah. that Yasmani Grandal, and I'll put those in quotes because I don't know who it was, said to Rick Hahn, don't trade that guy. Don't trade him. Doesn't mean that I won't. And this would be the time that Rick would trade him. It would be actually a smart move because it's his highest time. But we do need a second baseman. Romy's been doing well on the bases, stole stole third base, and 
Score. Subsequently scored the run when that ball was thrown away. Hit a hit a double. Hit a home run. Roman Gonzalez is doing the thing that we have been looking for a second baseman to do for a long time. Elvis Andres should be coming back from his rehab assignment. I know they're not going to DFA him because he's a veteran. Because he's, I mean, he didn't sign for a lot. But Romy, I think, would get the lion's share, if not all the playing time at second base until he proves me wrong, until he goes into the tank and is couldn't can't hit anymore, which I don't think he can do. I'll live with whatever Romy Gonzalez can give me because I know there can be more there. Elvis Andres is a limiting factor. What we got from him last year, great, awesome, and this is why I didn't want him come back this year, multiple reasons, because he'd be playing a different position. Secondly, because I didn't think that a 36-year-old Elvis Andres can repeat this performance that he had for the White Sox last year. I thought it was just a, you know, uh, getting out of Oakland type of jump. I'm out of per, I'm out of prison. Now I can do things and this amount of pen, baseball hell. Yeah, and this prison and this uh playoff uh push that we had and he hit nine home runs for the White Sox. He did very well. But I don't know if they're going to DFA him, but he's a good veteran to have in the clubhouse, a good veteran for whenever Tim gets hurt. Tim might get hurt again. Yoan might get hurt. He's hurt right now. One of these guys might get hurt. And having a guy that is a, at minimum, replacement level shortstop and can give you all right bat at Elvis Andres is good. I would rather have him than Hanser Alberto. I think we'll save that for when Vinny joins us. Vinny will be joining us later. We'll also be talking about the White Sox selling. We'll be bringing you some Rick Hahn video and audio after the break but we got to talk about Luis Robert and his two doubles uh you said I, I in quote Mike Trout sucks he at does oh my god um what, think, what do we make a big deal about this guy he sucks okay. does, he, does he do anything what a bum interesting uh and we'll circle back to Lucas Giolito um but yeah I, I do think it's interesting with Fred you know bringing up Elvis should be DFA'd but with Moncada hurt and TA probably going to be hurt again um he might stay around I, I think immediately Hanser Alberto get off the team, but Hanser has the ability to play at third base. I know obviously Jake Berger does as well, but I don't know if that leans with Mancata seemingly dinged up or, or, or dealing with something. Uh, I don't know if that means he gains more importance, but we'll see. Also, shout out to Alex earlier and Kellen. Uh, Kellen saying, uh, love you guys. Uh, good win by the good guys. Uh, we, we love to see the good guys in black win. Yes. Mercy. Um, they were wearing white tonight. Yes. Um, but then Alex mentioning, uh, get the likes up. I think we got 18. 18 was a retired number, right? Cliff Polite. <laughs> it's not retired. It's not retired. It is no. not retired. Okay. No. All right. Cliff Polite. The first Dan name Jennings? Is Dan, he's on the team for I don't know who year. Dan Jennings is. Oh, you mean Dan Johnson. Oh, Dan that Johnson. Was, that, was the, that was what um, Ed Farmer had said. Home run in the boogie down Bronx. Last, I think the last series of the year. Dan Johnson was going off for the White Sox. 29. And then he was not on the team for next year. He was on some other team for next year. Oh, they don't like my Dan Johnson uh, reference? What a dick. I got a thumbs down. What a jerk. <laughs> uh, 21 likes, though, so we don't have to play this game anymore. Good for us. Uh, 21? Is 21 on the team? We don't need to play this game. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I, Don Cooper for a long time. Yes. We I'm, love I'm sure Don there's Cooper. a person on the team right now that's 22, 21. Now we're at 22, 20. Scott Potts. Hey, what, what, what number did Mike, uh, who's the guy in the... Mike Darren Huff? Jackson. Mike Huff? Mike Huff, yeah. What number did he wear? <sighs> Such a long time ago. He wore like a, teen, a T-shirt. 
15, let's see, uh, like 14, 15, 16, something like that. I got the numbers. Right? Uh, 12 and 10. We yeah. both accepted 12 and 10. Um, from Honolulu, Hawaii. Break glass in, in case of emergency. Mike Huff always. Northwestern. All right. Smart I'm getting, guy. I'm getting lost on the Mike Huff uh, baseball reference. Let's get into Lucas Giolito and what he uh, did today. Uh, we can show the actual lines. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, five innings pitched, three earned runs, four hits allowed, five Ks, two walks for big, uh, large game, Lucas Giolito. Mm. And then Tyler Anderson, four innings pitched, six earned runs, six hits, three Ks, and two walks. Um, what I want to get to, though, is the actual stuff that surprised me with Lucas Giolito. 40 sliders thrown. So, Lucas Giolito, I know we always think about him as a fastball changeup pitcher, but here is that third pitch, and now it's become more of a main pitch, and I was just surprised of how effective it was. Many at-bats tonight, I think we were surprised at the effectiveness and bitingness of the slider. So, it's exciting that he uh, found... I'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> exciting that he found that that release point and the effectiveness to get that biting action. Uh, and, and the stuff was up for the slider at least miles per hour, uh, 0.7 miles per hour on average and throwing it 40 times. Uh, that's good to see. And then let's go to the actual results of what it did. Fastball was a homer for both Ward and Otani. Mm-hmm. The Ward one was really bad. Middle, middle. I mean, like first, first batter. Not even like... I. I mean, it's hard to get your, you know, release point and your 10-point accuracy on the first batter, but it's middle-middle, Major League Baseball player. Right. Non-White Sox Major League Baseball player, so they're going to make damage to that ball, and Taylor Ward can crush that ball. And then he didn't learn his mistake from the first Otani at bat where he threw him a high fastball, and Otani skied it to the moon, and it went like 250 feet. Then the second one... Otani skied at 435 feet right. on um, a high fastball. I think we literally threw three fastballs and one changeup to him and in the first four pitches. It was just a surprising pitch selection. But still, like, I mean, those were the, the two big mistakes that he made. And he was a sloppy, a couple two-out walks and stuff. Um, obviously, there was another run that he added on. Um, but let's go to the results of what these pitches did, uh, Stephen. Um, the slider was extremely <laughs> effective. 11 whiffs on 18 swings. Pretty good. Four called strikes. 15 called strikes plus whiffs Damn. on 40 sliders. 38% called strike plus whiff percentage against the Angels. He was very, very effective with that slider. It was fantastic. Four balls in play. Average exit velocity of 93.5. Just not a lot of people were, were hitting it, um, just in general. Um, you know, obviously... Some people were able to square it up, but uh, overall, he was really, really damn good. A 61% whiff percentage? What? I mean, that that's that's just stupid. Uh, 17 whiffs on the night on 49 swings, 35% whiff percentage. That's above average. Uh, and a called strike plus whiff percentage of 33%. Major league average is around 29%. 97 pitches today for Lucas Giolito. Um, I mean, hey, just want more length. I mean, that's, that's really the biggest takeaway, take but the stuff was good. I mean, that's a lot better a way to bounce back than what he just did against the Tigers where he gave up six earned runs against that team. There must have been something like in the scouting report, or Luke's just feeling good about the slider today or bad about the fastball, and he just you know went more to the slider today. Or maybe it's more complete. I mean, I, I don't know From if it has think. to be a good or bad, but it's like you you have a fastball that you trust, you have a changeup that you trust, you have a slider that you can trust. You, you can trust. I think, I think the big thing is that just more right-handed pitchers or right-handed batters. I mean, you yes. can even see, um, you know, Ward being leading off. I mean, 
he, he's a right-hander. So, I mean, usually you'd see Kepler or someone, a left-hander, leading it off, when, especially with a right-hander on the bump. But they're even going with Tor- uh, Ward right away mm-hmm. because, you know, I think they're trying to eliminate that changeup and make him a two-pitch pitcher. So the fact that you know, you're going up against Trout and Ward um, and, and the Renfro. Yeah, right, and Wallach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta use those pitches. I think that's probably why we see the slider go up. Yeah. But I think he trusts all the pitches. Yeah, but is this like the first time we've seen this when his slider is dominant? I know we've seen uh, that yeah, a lot we've, we've seen it. with, um, with, uh, with uh, Dylan Cease, but... You know, usually, you know, this, the fastball changeup, as you said, is his, his bread and butter with the slider mixed in there. But if he's going to be this guy and if he's going to be this effective, I like a little bit more length. Find these, uh, the release point earlier. The le- You know, two walks is not, you know, egregious, especially for this team. But it just seemed like he was wild inside the strike zone today. And uh, he can use a little bit more efficiency in his getting through the games and getting through the innings. But... For what it was, it was all right. It worked out, and the White Sox got a victory because the, the offense came and played. If you only give up three runs in five innings, I reluctantly accept it. I'm surprised by this, but uh, he's actually uh, done this pretty rarely. Um, I don't know how many starts he's made over the past two years, but um, no starts this year. This is his first start with uh, uh, slider percentage being the most that he's used in a game. Uh, July 8th. Uh, of last year, 38.3%. Uh, that led his pitch mix. And then I think he tied it on September 9th with his forcing fastball and slider. So I'd at least count that. So um, over the past two years, this is his third um, start where it's been slider has been his most used pitch. So um, it, it is at least exciting, I, I think, for him to at least flash uh, that consistently. All right, uh, let's jump into the guys who hit the double. Yep. Um, real quick, you could talk about Luis Robert because I know you were waiting for him to get hot and, uh, you know, two doubles today. Very nice. Uh, but Beef Loaf, my guy, uh, appreciate you tuning in. <laughs> I only tuned in to see Sean gloat a good Andrew Vaughn game. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hey, I'm not trying to toot anyone, any horn or anything like that, you know. I'm, I, I know where he was. I know where he was. I mean, 97 way to runs created plus for yeah. a guy who is playing first base. I don't yep. care if the defense is great. I don't care if the defense is bad. Hit homers. Like, that, that's what I care about. Hit hit extra base hits. Extra base hits. That's all I need from him. I don't need necessarily need home runs, but extra base hits work too. All I'm saying, Beef, is we were looking for something to turn the man around, and you tweeted out, hey, look, we diagnosed how stinky this guy is. And You're in right. the past five games or so, eight for nine, three doubles, two homers, 421 batting average, 429 on base percentage, 947 slugging percentage. He's doing well. Pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He's showing up. Nice way to bounce back. You I know? mean, I, I mean, know you the, shit talked him and hey, oh, boom. I know the graphic, you know, immediately hit into GIDP with the bases loaded one out. But that's the broadcast jinx, too. That's the broadcast fault. That's on Andrew's fault. What was the the thing? It was like seven on seven on his last uh Seven at uh, bats in May. In uh, May, so yeah, this is they flashed this graphic. When I'm not saying like this graphic because like I gave it to Stephen, um, the graphic that Herb is referring to, May 2023, extra base hits with runners in scoring positions. He was tied for first in Major League Baseball. Um, added another extra base hit tonight, but uh, it wasn't with runners in scoring position. But four doubles, one triple, and two home runs. So uh, seven extra base hits with runners in scoring positions in the month of May where this has been a bad month for him. So, Mm -hmm. like, I understand that he's not living up to the production, but 
If the yet. White Sox have done anything right in the offseason, they let Jose Abreu walk. They didn't pay him $20 million. And Andrew Vaughn, even though he's not good at a major league level, is better than Jose Abreu. This could have been worse. Um, and I don't think that it's crazy or illogical to think that Andrew Vaughn might find it. Um, we're seeing him go to right center um, and, and uh, you know, more of the power alleys. We saw a double to both alleys uh, today, and I, I think that's very exciting and promising to see. I'd like to see more home runs. That's a damn fact. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, mince any words, but I think it could be coming, and I also have been saying that for three years. So we'll and see. also, I think that people who are listening and maybe some who are viewing right now are like, well, you did it versus Tyler Anderson. He had almost a five ERA. Hey, guys. Have you seen the White Sox play this year? They've <laughs> gone against these pitchers before, and they've made them look like Cy Young. So give them credit when they make a bum look like a bum, and that is what they did today. And Andrew Vaughn's bases clearing double is what turned the tide for the White Sox because I think at that time I was right after the Otani home run. I was like, ah, maybe we're not going to get any runs here. And then they started doing that their thing in that inning. And Andrew Vaughn with the bases low, uh, with uh, runners in scoring position is a monster. So keep him in the spot he's at. If he earns some, uh, uh, like a fifth spot or fourth spot, I have no problem with that. But right now he's on flame. So keep him in the sixth spot if you want. And the players in front of him are getting on base at a good clip. And he can drive him in. It's It's been a good, good couple days for Andrew Vaughn. Keep this right here. Keep it in this gear right now because this is what we need from Andrew Vaughn to ascend to the heights that you know he can get to, that Rick Hahn believes he can get to when he drafted him third overall, where everybody in Major League Baseball said the hit tool will play from day one. It hasn't played as it should be consistently, and that's a theme throughout the White Sox. We saw the multiple doubles from Luis Robert after a whole weekend where he doesn't get one hit. We need more consistency out of these guys where they're just stringing together good days and not going over for a weekend. You know, overs are going to happen. Overs for a couple days happen. But with the hitting talent on this team, they shouldn't be prolonged slumps like they go through and then hotter than shit like they go through. Just give me good throughout. Just stretch that shit out all the way throughout the game. I get that, but also, like, it is a long season. And here's a little some some numbers for you. Go ahead. Let's play a little game here. Uh, Steven, write this down. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday, May 30th. Andrew Vaughn has played in 55 of 57 of the White Sox games. Tuesday, May 30th. Today. Today. Okay. He's played in 55 of 57 of the White Sox games. Okay. Andrew Vaughn has driven in 39 runs. Mm-hmm. Over under 100 RBIs for Andrew Vaughn in 2023. Over. So is that not successful? It's just an arbitrary number. Okay. I yeah, but, but it's like an arbitrary number that people think it like you hit three hundred, you're you're hitting well. He you replaced- hit RB a hundred RBIs, you're a good RBI man. I think RBIs are just a function of your teammates getting on base and you doing well while your teammates getting on base. But it also I think is a skill. So yeah, if he gets hundred RBIs, I think most people are like pretty good season maybe more of the point of though that in again zero career war that's fine um yeah he hasn't lived up to yeah don't get us wrong maddie he hasn't lived up to close to his expectations but some of that war was because he was so shitty as a left fielder which made him so shitty as a hitter last year what i'm saying too is like i this team is what 11 games under 500 Mm -hmm. now after this win um i believe so so like andrew vaughn's still driven in 39 rbis on a sub 500 team 
and will likely surpass 100, 100 RBIs. Like, he's replacing the guy that was known for playing 150-plus games and hitting 100 RBIs. So if he replaces Jose Abreu in the first season, playing 150 games and hitting or driving in 100 runs, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I think we're, we're always looking for, I, I don't know. It's just, we'll, we'll see. You want, you want me to make you, you mad? You took the over, though. Do you want to make you mad and me mad at the same time? Not really. After you had the Andrew uh, Andrew Vaughn bases clearing double, yeah, the other Andrew Benintendi oh, yeah. actually got credit for a sacrifice bunt. I think he was doing that on his own, trying to get a hit because he's not good. But they gave him credit for a sacrifice bunt. I hate it. You had the pitcher on the on the run with no outs, a runner on second. You're a left-handed hitter. If you want to advance the hitter, just hit the ball to right. The right side of the infield, like you always do. Or hit it in the air to, to right field, because Andrew Vaughn could not make it from left field. Even if it was, like, in the farthest reaches of left center field, you could not make it. So, I just don't like the execution, firstly. And then, secondly, why do it? Just dumb. I hope it came from Pedro, not Andrew doing that by himself, because that is just weak sauce. If it's I not good baseball at all. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. So, I I I'm took not, I took your I'm Andrew not. Benintendi hate right there because he's he's costing me money. Oh, don't don't bet on. Him. I, mean, I, I, I I as a friend start hitting as a runs, friend you don't, you don't you don't you don't owe me it. No, I'm a, as I'm a, a no. no I, mean, I I, I that was my bets. I, you could say you were drunk. I'll 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 let it I'll let it slide. Sean, I'm never drunk. Cause you know why? Drinking my three one two. My uh, well, this is Goose Island's up. Uh, Full pocket pills right here. We are taking a break, but it's actually in the second. It's in the second ad break. So, so I'm never wait? drunk. It's it's always smooth. Put that beer on ice. This is on like 5.6. No, 5.2. Delicious. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's go into the ad break and talk about Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with our friends over at Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners right now. Actually, no, it's not exclusive for our listeners. It's the site-wide sale because uh, it, nope. it's still going on. Exclusive. For well, you guys. It's still going on. Um, you could use code CHGO. I'm not sure if it's currently active because right now they have a better deal going on. Shady Rays Memorial Day sale is live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get 35% off all sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll, let, we'll let you know about our great code in a different time. Because, you know, it's not active right now, I don't think. They're, they're telling us to, to read something else. So okay. you're, flashing, you're flashing the code. Take that code. All right, let's let's go into the next ad break. Uh, let you know about our friends over at Athletic Greens. Funny, like, uh, well, I, can I? We're in the middle of an ad break, so I'm not going to swear. Um, <clears throat> kid you not, we did, but it, it was it was more context. But kid you not, I walked home and uh, I saw an AG one box in in my mailroom. Uh, it's kind of you know front door mailroom. Mm. I was like, oh, I didn't know I was listening or anything. Viewer, my neighbor. 
Oh, your neighbor loves you. Yeah, na- no, not even. Yep. I don't even think they use the code. Stop. I, sl- I slipped. A, I slipped a note on another door. Said, "Hey, use code uh, CHGO socks uh, at checkout." Uh, but uh, very own one. My my neighbor knows. I know. Uh, that I know. AG one. Herb knows uh, that AG ones is the best way to take care of your body. With one delicious scoop of AG one, you're absorbing seventy five high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blends of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your ability to recover, focus, and uh, helps you from aging. All the important things to live a very, very uh, thoughtful, I don't know, a thoughtful life. Uh, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it costs less than $3 a day if you're because uh, you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free, uh, five free travel packs with your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO SOX to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you to our friends over at Athletic Greens. Um, you know what you know what is crazy? Um, Herb, yep. I, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be stinky. You know? But we do we do this we do the show. Love doing the show. Yep. Love all the people in the chat. But the the the, the reply person that frustrates me the most is people, uh, the people that share like basic stats with me. I got Google, pal. I got Google. But I, I know but, what a certain person's war is. But I, I got war. it. But they're not probably talking to you. Maybe hey, they're talking maybe. to. I don't know. I know. I'm just, I'm people, just ha- people in the chat are talking to each other, which is good. That's even, a nice community. The, uh, even then, I could get more specific about something that's more direct t- towards me when I'm sharing, uh, how, you know, Michael Conforto's home run totals. Yeah. I kind of. Very much focusing on the home run totals, and then when sure, he's hitting two fourteen. Right, exactly, and it's Does like, that works, I, Steven? you know, I, I didn't ask. All right. Um, all right, well, he's joining too early. Okay, here is the important thing. Okay, the White Sox will they be buyers or sellers? They've now played fifty-seven games, a uh, little bit past the uh, one-third mark of the season, and our guy Vinny Duber. Uh, is going to be joining us in a second, but he was at Guaranteed Rate Field yesterday when Rick Hahn spoke to the media and addressed Vinny's question specifically. Um, Vinny posted an article over at allchgo.com about will the White Sox be buyers or sellers on Memorial Day? We'll talk about that with him in a second after uh, we hear from Rick Hahn. We'll also talk about uh, his Liam Hendricks article because Liam Hend- Hendricks returned yesterday, so make sure you stay tuned. But Rick Hahn talking about being at the Memorial Day marker and what it means for the White Sox future, especially for the trade deadline. Look, the fact that we haven't played the way we feel we're capable of on a consistent basis is probably the biggest challenge. Uh, you're absolutely right that that first sort of marking post is, is Memorial Day, and we're probably going to have a similar conversation around the 4th of July about where things sit and where things go. Uh, I, again, I think the, the frustration we all felt in April. Uh, we haven't completely rinsed ourselves of. We know that this team is capable of, uh, of performing a thing at a, at a level we saw glimpses of over the last four weeks. 
uh, but not enough consistency. So that's what we're looking for going forward. Again, it's it's trending better, but not to the level that we need it to. So as you yeah. guys as you guys kind of start a decision-making process or look toward a decision-making process for what you guys are going to do the, the rest of the way here? Are you guys still in kind of wait-and-see mode a little bit to see if the consistency arrives? I mean, what we want, obviously, is for the consistency to arrive, yeah. arrive and us to be in, the, in contention and obviously win this division come the end of the year. There will come a point where that becomes apparent that that's not very likely to happen, and at that point we'll have to make that final decision about direction. Uh, it's not a decision we have to make on Memorial Day. Uh, fact is, our scouts are out doing their business, our analysts are doing their preparations so that we're prepared for whatever direction we ultimately decide we need to go uh, once the trade deadline's a little closer to us. But from a performance standpoint, we know we're capable of more, and, and again, we need to see that consistency soon. A great question asked by Vinny Duber to White Sox general manager Rick Hahn, so why not throw it out to not only Vinny Duber, who was there and asked the question, uh, but to Herb Lawrence and, and myself. Will the White Sox be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Uh, you know, we're closing in on June 1st here, Vinny, and after talking to Rick and hearing that answer, what do we make of what will determine whether the White Sox lean one way or or the other. I mean, you mentioned the White Sox being 11 games under 500 before uh, that game and being about six games out. Um, is it more about the record? Is it more about the division? Or is it more about the way they're playing? Well, I guess it's more about both uh, the record and the division, right? Because I think in a vacuum, this team would scream seller, easy seller, right? I mean, they, they woke up yesterday on Memorial Day with one of the three worst records in baseball. Uh, they, there's no getting around that. They have not really been able to climb too much out of the hole that they dug for themselves with that horrible April. That being said, they're in this division race. There's no, there's no doubt about that either because the Twins, nor really any other team, has decided to bury the White Sox, which they could have done um, with, with how poorly the White Sox played in the first month of the season. But uh, here we are at Memorial Day, now a day after Memorial Day, and I don't think they can make that decision yet. That's basically what Rick Hahn was saying is that it's too early for them. Now, obviously, they are optimists. They like the team that they put together, and they would like to see that team play the way they thought that that team was going to play. And if that happens, given this weak division, they they could be uh, they could be not only uh, still contending in this division race, but near the top of it if they get the desired performances here over the next couple of months. But right now, their record says sell, 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 but the division says buy, buy, buy. So. And that was not an in sync reference. It was just, you know, it just happened to be that way. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah. So the answer to your question, does it have more to do with the division or more to do with their record? Well, right now, both of those things are on equal standing really, and really preventing them from going one way or the other, even if, even if the play has been what the play has been and fans know that that in any other year would make them an obvious seller. I uh, know the uh, natural uh, follow-up is that uh, Digital Get Down is the better song um, from that album. I know you care about Well, that. I mean, I'm more of a JC person. And, oh, who doesn't uh, love Chazé? I was Chazé? over at Bric-a-Brac. I mean, we were supposed to, you know, clip this up, but now we're going on a tangent, so that's great. Uh, people oh. are getting exactly what they no, want. The clip um, is the clip is Vinny. He's got the information. Well, we know we were going to make this over. a whole segment, but, no. I mean, now we're just going on a tangent. But I was at Bric-a-Brac uh, on, uh, down Milwaukee, and they had— Great uh, spot. 
all five of the InSync figurines. I didn't know how much of a toy shop that also was. So that was very cool to figure out. But they had all of the members uh, in the uh, marionette uh, boxes. From no right? strings attached, yeah. Justin Timberlake, $20. JC, 21 Boom. All right? Just showing you the importance. I'm more of a pop guy. That third album, I really do appreciate it. I mm. think I think that first album, eh, you know, it's fine. The self-titled NSYNC album, yeah. great. You know, all, all strings attached to it's it's better, but I, no I think I think is the, much better. The final album is, is where guys, they really guys, shine. Guys, it's all terrible. Go ahead. Okay. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> let's reset, and with the power of editing, we'll be able to cut around that. Herb, going to uh, could you scroll up, Stephen? Going to uh, Jamie or Jaime uh, in this division? Why would they sell? Perfectly asked question, and I would say they shouldn't, no matter where they're at at the time of the trade deadline, because I don't think it's going to be too far away from whoever's leading the trade, leading the AL Central at that time. It could even be the White Sox. So I don't see anything positive coming off a, a sell-off for the White Sox. That just means that the rebuild's done. We're we're admitting the rebuild's done, and we have another one coming for you, White Sox. And sadly, say you White Sox fans who want Rick Hahn and or Kenny Williams to depart, I don't think that would happen either because they've been numerous times of where they should have been fired. Last year, offseason, they should have been fired. They're back. And so they're going to be continuing doing this. So I would say just push forward. Like you've already done the rebuild now. Go forward with more of it. I don't know if you have enough um, inventory to trade away. You have major league talent. That, you know, in a second, it's going to be a lot of overwhelming talent on the team. And the place to put all these uh, hitters on the lineup is going to be a problem, a good problem, as Rick Hahn likes to say. But I don't know if those players that are not playing are enticing to another team. That would be selling off. They'd be looking for more youth, more people who are going to be MLB ready and then playing for years to come. So Colson Montgomery, who has been hurt. Or Ramos, things like that. And so I don't know if those are attractive pieces to other teams. But if they are, you gotta you gotta throw that in. You have to, because this is the one of the last years, because we've talked about it before. Lucas is probably gonna be gone, or it's gonna be a free agent next year. And you only have two people signed next year for your starting rotation. So I think you have to go all in at the trade deadline to get at least this AL Central Championship and then look to the playoffs and say, hey, if we get outings like Lucas Giolito usually gets us, if we get the Lance Lynn back, and if Michael Kopech turns into the guy that's shutting people down for two straight starts, and then we even talk about Dylan Cease, who hasn't been Dylan Cease yet, they can win games in the playoffs because their pitching staff and at their top of their peak is pretty good. It's at the top of the level. I think we all agreed at the beginning of the year that this starting staff it would be the strength of the White Sox. It hasn't been so far, but we've seen glimpses in this month of May where they went, what, 10 straight with a little blip in there with the uh, the opener start where they went quality start after quality start. And we could see that continuing throughout. Lucas Giolito wasn't that quality starter today, but he did give you good effort today. If we get kind of get that type of thing and you get a couple hits like you get today where the bottom of the lineup's also hitting and then the top of the lineup is hitting, I think there's not the sky's the limit, but I think they can do some damage in the playoffs this year if they push all in at the playoffs and maybe win the AL Central. I know they've been underwhelming this year, but trust me, I know you guys feel it too. These guys can win this garbage-ass division just by default. 
Well, it's a it's a big if, uh, but if they do win tomorrow, they will have won six out of the nine series in May. Uh, so at least improvement. And I did like how Rick in his uh, presser yesterday said, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to improve on what we did in April. Uh, so, you know, we'll take six out of nine series wins. But what I, I guess I didn't get clarity with Rick was, you know, they're, they're not really sure whether they're going to lean buyer or seller. But even yet, he probably doesn't know if they're buying are they buying for the future? Are they buying for 2023? If they're selling, are they completely selling off or is it a retooling? Is it going to be another rebuild or is it going to be we're trying to make sure that Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, etc. have the right start for 2024 when we're going to try to win this division again? Well, I think that's the that's the next part of that question, but it, it cannot be answered until they have an answer this way, right? I mean, I think that's, it's all part of that. Have they made a decision buyer or seller yet? No, which means they haven't made a decision on the other avenues that they can take. I think what you just said there shows that there are options and there are ways that this can go, right? And I think that's what the next month or month and a half even could tell them. Um, Herb is talking about, you know, oh, they, 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 they can't do a, they can't sell because that means the rebuild's over. Well, does it? I mean, they could sell in a way where they're only getting rid of the guys who are going to be gone at the end of this year anyway. They could sell in a way where all the core guys stay, you know, all the core position players stay, and it and it becomes kind of a, all right. They're going to get try to get better for 2024. Or you're right, they could go a different direction. Maybe they crater and they they say, all right, we got to do this over again. We got to work work on the long t- longer term picture here. Or they could get better and they could buy for this year to try to win the division, or they could do what they always like to do when they make trades, which is say, well, we're going to go get a guy who has an option for next year and, and can help us in the year beyond. It's what they did when they traded for Craig Kimbrell, right? And it's what they did when they traded last year for Jake Diekman. Obviously, it was a much um, lower profile trade, but it was the same kind of thing being said by Rick Hahn at the time, which was, hey, this is a this is a guy who can help us this year, but also, look, we've got him for next year too, and that can be a thing. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, but I'm just providing an example. So, um, it, yeah, you know, there's there's the rental, there's the, there's the longer-term buy, there's the uh, longer-term rebuild, there's the shorter-term work, you know, bolster up for next season kind of thing. There's a lot of routes they could go. And uh, that is part of the answer. It's all under the umbrella of they've yet to make that decision yet because they don't know where this team maybe is going to be. They're, again, hopeful that it will play the way over the next month that they thought it was going to play all year. And it hasn't played to this point. But it could also go the opposite way or it could stay right where it is, too. And they could be, you know, looking at this exact same, uh, you know, dilemma, which is, hey, the record is horrible, but the division is not out of reach. What do we do kind of thing? So um, time is probably the the answer. Patience is probably the answer, which is what nobody uh, in the fan world likes to hear. But uh, it seems to be where they're at right now because I don't think they can make a definitive decision right now. I hear what you're saying, Vinny. I 100% agree that they will probably do a combination or one of those things that you just mentioned at the trade deadline. But I would like, if you're going to do it, do it without any half measures. So the old Mike Amontrout thing, just go all the way out. Like, if you're going to sell off, sell off. Don't just sell off 
selected pieces to retool for next year. That reminds me of the the middling 2012 to 2016 years where Rick famously said mired in mediocrity, where you're just trying to get the division, but you're not really doing anything to get the division. You're not going aggressively after it, but you're also not going aggressively after the tank. That's why I love the rebuild and what they were talking about there because it was finally the decision to, all right, let's bottom out this thing and then let's build back up. And Rick did a fantastic job with the trades and acquiring talent. So I would love for them, and I, you know, you already know my feelings about the actual general manager and the vice president coming back, but I would, if they're going to come back, just do a full measure. Go all the way in or go all the way out, not the – uh, Lucas, you're out of here. You're out of here, Lance Lynn, and then bring in a couple of uh, relief well, or starters next year. I mean, right right now they're six games back, and you're saying, I mean, it wouldn't just be Lucas or Lance. I mean, as Vinny said, like expiring deals, that would also, I think, include uh, Kelly because he's got an option, and or at least Graveman because I think he's got an option. Um, so they would be able to move some of the bullpen pieces as well. I and mean, technically they – Whoever has an option, but it's a $15 million option, so he's going to be on the team next year anyway. You put it with um, Liam Hendricks, and after what he did and to come back, I would be absolutely apoplectic if they traded Liam Hendricks but off I of mean, his team. If he's valuable, I mean, wouldn't that be a, a half measure to keep him around? I mean, yeah, you got what me. games are he saving? I'm hoisted by my own petard. Right. Good job, Sean. Um, Vinny, what do you make of that? Because, I mean, I know some people have – uh, wariness in this city, especially with this franchise, because of the white flag trade, them being three and a half games out and then kind of folding at the trade deadline, especially with this core. Um, Herb saying go all out, but I mean, at least the bullpen, I feel like that could be thinned out. I, I feel like you don't have to trade Lucas Giolito or Lance Lynn to go full out. Um, I, I don't know if that is just dipping your toes in, in the water a little bit, but I mean, if the White Sox are still six games out, I wouldn't say trade Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito. I'd say keep them around and maybe move some of the smaller pieces to try to get a starting pitcher or two starting pitcher arms to fill out the farm that could possibly be an arm to maybe be the Davis Martin replacement, not even be one of the five starters for next year, but uh, be be one of those depth arms. I, I don't know what you make of, of the, the idea of putting a – a full toe in or, or the full foot in or just a toe? Well, I mean, I guess I would point to this, the difference between now and maybe way back when uh, the, the white flag trade was brought up and, uh, you know, Rick Hahn uh, yesterday uh, needed to be reminded of what it was because it took place so long ago before he even started with this team. So um, the difference is that they've been building to this moment for a long, long time. And Herb, you bring up, you know, how you bring up the rebuilding process and the idea of another one happening rebuilds in 2023 and this era of baseball are not a, a quick patch. Um, that's a years long process as White Sox fans well know, because this is supposed to be the, the final act of that process, right? This is supposed to be the winning time right now. It hasn't worked out that way to this point, but there's, I think there's been too much put in to this to say, um, all right, well, we'll just, you know, do it all again, do it all over again. I guess this didn't work. I don't know if you can officially call the time of death on this yet while all these guys are still here, while all these core players are still here and still under White Sox employment. If you want them to clean house, that's one thing. But to, you know, say that there's no future beyond 2023 for this group of players, 
it's not, I don't think that's really a hundred percent decided yet. Is it? I mean, if, if they believe in these guys still, why would you, why would you not, if that's the way they end up being positioned come July, why would you not try to put them in the best position to compete again in 2024? I don't think, I don't think 2024 is being punted on at all. I mean, certainly 2023 is not being uh, given up on at this point right now, but especially not next year. You got, again, I understand why White Sox fans would be frustrated by me saying that, oh, look, you got Aloy and Tim Anderson and Luis Robert and Moncada and blah, blah, blah. They've had these guys for years now, I understand. But the point being that this, those guys were put on this roster to compete for years and years. And next year is one of those years. And it, uh, unless one of them truly falls flat on their face and needs to be given up on, I don't see why they wouldn't try to, to if, the, if again, if they're in the position to do what they can to get these guys to the postseason and give these guys a chance to compete, whether that means this year trading, you know, buying and, and giving them more, you know, to, to compete, to win this division, or if it means if they're out of it next year, trading a, a guy on an expiring contract to get this team some help for 2024 to try and be in the mix to win that division next year as well. So uh, I don't think giving up is going to be the answer from this front office when it comes to this roster that they have spent years rebuilding to get to this point. Do you have a follow? No, no, that was perfect. That was good. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I, I just wasn't sure. I mean, I think the biggest concern – Kind of showed itself in the eighth inning tonight to uh, weave in a little bit of tonight's action. We saw Moncada batting from the right side and, uh, you know, looked really hesitant on a couple swings. Looked like he tweaked something. I know that it's been ongoing, uh, this nerve back issue for Moncada. Did we get an update from Pedro on what Moncada is possibly dealing with or is it just he's been dealing with it? I guess uh, there were no specifics given really in the post game tonight. Pedro was asked, "Hey, did what hap- what kind of happened there? Is he okay?" Kind of thing, and Pedro kind of launched into the what he said before, which is, "Hey, these guys have played a lot of games. These guys have been doing a lot of work, and these n- nobody is really at a hundred percent health, which is something that I bring up." relatively often here uh you know it's the realities of baseball that these guys are going to play through some of this stuff um but yeah maybe this is something that is just ongoing um obviously it popped up tonight but uh you know until uh it 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 lands a guy on the injured list um it's going to just be something that that is around uh i think and again i'm speaking very generally because there were no specifics offered tonight from pedro specifically about moncada just that hey these guys are uh not 100% 100% healthy. That stamina bar is not full green, and uh, it's it's something that um, they're going to have to deal with because it, on one on one hand that's baseball, and everybody has to deal with it. And on the other hand, what else are they going to do? These guys are needed to 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 get the White Sox out of this hole. Yeah, and just to circle back to, uh, I mean, Moncada is an important part of of all of this and his health um, because going back to uh, just the depth and the core, Beefloaf uh, has always tweeted this out. He put together. Uh, just the White Sox and the uh, position and just the length of the contract, right? So, because uh, Grandal's contract's running up, there is no catcher for the 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027 window. Same with second base, uh, same with right field, um, unless you want to include Aloy Jimenez as a right fielder, but we could put him at DH. Um, but you look at that, um, I mean, TA is gone after 2024. Lynn and Hendricks both have options after 2024. Um, 
and Mankata has an option in 2025. So, like, I'm, I'm not sure how long this core has, really, uh, just because some of these deals are going to run up. I mean, Robert's obviously the biggest piece, and he's uh, on the team until 2027, Aloy on the team until 2026. But, I mean, that's that's two players right there. If you want to include Vaughn, uh, he's here until 2026. But it, it does look odd. Even ceases up after 2025. So, um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what the White Sox would look like even if they were retooling because it really depends on how much you love Luis Robert and, and, and how much he can truly contribute to a full season. And if we see him play 150 games and he's putting up nine war, it's a superstar. But we've also seen Mike Trout and the Angels struggle to get to the playoffs consistently, and he's been one of the best center fielders. So uh, they're seem to be in a rock and a hard place uh, yeah. with, with this with this decision again well i'll say this i'll say th- i'll say this and and i think uh this is good to remember obviously the ultimate goal is obviously winning the world series for every team in baseball and, and all the decisions you make are, are are a front office makes rather are geared toward accomplishing that goal of winning the world series but don't let that line of thinking that the front office needs to abide by necessarily be the only line of thinking that you as a fan or myself as an observer can ab- abide by, right? Because this is a franchise that has not gone to the playoffs many times ever. And so winning a division might not uh, be, and you know, winning the division and, and quote unquote, just making the playoffs might not be that ultimate goal. It might not accomplish what everybody that, that uh, works for and roots for this team wants them to accomplish. But that doesn't mean it's not that that it's bad, because this team, uh, you know, this franchise, I should say, does not have a lot of flags up here from not just winning the World Series. I mean, for just making it to October, um, and so don't discount the idea, or I should say, maybe the value or the positive that it could be for them attempting to do something to win this division. You know, you say, hey, Herb, it's a it's a garbage division. It's terrible. It's true. They haven't. It has been very bad, no doubt about that. But winning it gets them to the playoffs. And when you're the White Sox, I don't think that that's the the worst thing because they uh, haven't done it much. And it's a, it's a good thing to give to these players. To, it's a good accomplishment for them for these players, and it's a good accomplishment for these fans to be able to say, "Hey, they did something. They won something." And, and I, I, you know, I, I think everybody gets so caught up in you know, there's only one fan base that can be happy every year, and it's the one that, that's, that, that wins it at the end. I think that thing comes in a little bit of degrees. That's my opinion. And, and I could see if you guys don't agree, but I think the idea, Sean, of, of being like, oh, well, we've, we've got to look ahead to see what this roster is going to look like to craft this perfect championship window where they can go four for four in World Series, blah, 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 blah. There's also the idea of, again, you don't want to be, quote, to quote, the quote mired in mediocrity. Absolutely. But there's the idea that if they were to buy this July to, to win a division, good on them, right? They're trying to win. That's, I mean, everybody hates the, hates the tank. So let them, let, let them try to win, let them win a division. Uh, That's, that's not a, a that's not a total failure. Uh, I don't think I'm I'm not against the total failure thing, but, and I, and I hear your point about the, you know, perfect championship window or whatever, but it's more about just like Rick Hunt said, Ask me after the parade, right? I mean, that was the whole goal, making the World Series. And now it's just, you know, maybe this team can make the playoffs. Like in a I mean, vacuum, we're, we're talking about great. an 
a, a team that's 11 games under 500 right now that just went 81 and 81. I mean, the, the big thing isn't even making the playoffs or, or going four for four or even winning one ch- title. It's, I mean, this is right now been a failure of a rebuild. I agree. And I in, in a vacuum, what you said, especially about the White Sox, 100%. I do agree that making the playoffs in baseball while it's a little easier to do nowadays than it was back in the day, is an accomplishment every year. But as Sean said, I think Rick overspoke, and maybe he's taking those words back, but want to compete for multiple championships. They have not done that. They have not. Uh, we haven't had a parade yet. So that's what I think most White Sox fans are holding them to. But, yes, if they make the playoffs, I think – any team making the playoffs, it's a victory. It's it's a goal that every team sets at the beginning of the year. It's like, we want to make the playoffs so we can be in the tournament. And once we're in the tournament, anything can happen. But that's what where, where we're coming from, where they set a goal, set a mark, and they said, this is what we're doing. And that they set the expectations for the fans, and fans' mouths got watering. And it's like, all right, that's what you're doing. I like to talk. Let's build it. Let's uh, back it up with some walk. Well, and two, yeah, let to, me clarify. Just, I mean, I'll just I'll yeah. just say I'm I'm specifically talking about moving forward. Okay. You're 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 absolutely correct. Everything you guys said there is absolutely correct. As they turn the lights off on me in the stadium, uh, you guys are absolutely correct in in comparing what has happened to the expectations that were set, right? To the lofty goals that were set and have to this point very much not been reached. Um, that is a hundred percent true, uh, but. I'm, I'm talking about now everybody viewing it through the lens of, oh, well, they've got to go back and tear it down again if they're ever going to be in that position. I do, I, that might be true, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with or, or I don't think they should be blasted, for example, if they try to win the division this year. Like, that's what they should be right. doing. They should be trying to win the division this year. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I... Absolutely. I mean, again, like if your goal is to win the World Series, you got to make the playoffs. And that's the easiest route to make the playoffs is win this easy cakewalk division. I mean, you spend so much money. I mean, again, you should be able to. I, I know it's a, a, a joke because you got to play the games, but you should be able to buy the AL Central with the amount that you've been spending over the past two, two years. I mean, $385 million on uh, over two years on this roster. It should have produced a, a division title. I mean, I'm not even being greedy with that. I mean, that was the goal at least for this team and, and they missed the mark. All right. We got a super chat. We got to get to, we got to take a break and then we'll hit some rapid fire questions. And since they're turning off the lights on Vinny, uh, we're already over an hour. Jesus. All right. Uh, Matty Rice saying, when was the last time any of you guys felt this was a cohesive clubhouse? There just seems to be a separation amongst the players. Um, Vinny, I know obviously we, we talked about that a little bit last year. There was a report from Bob Nightingale about clicks in the dugout. Maybe we just take this to more Pedro in the 57 games. Um, is there anything that you do see that's a little bit different or maybe that's unique to Pedro's clubhouse over the managers that you have seen Tony and, and Ricky mainly for the White Sox? Um, I don't know. I don't know if Pedro has done it something terribly different. Um, I just think that when people ask that question, they're judging it by what they see through a TV screen and they're not even seeing the TV through the TV screen. They're not even seeing the clubhouse. So, I mean, you're, you're literally just watching them play a baseball game uh, every day. Uh, I don't, I don't think there that this is a problem. I think that it looks very much to me like all many of the other, if not all the other clubhouses that I've been in, you know, listen, guys, move in groups just like you do at work right people talk to certain people at work and and the other people aren't part of their little uh you know 
joke circle or something like that. That's just how it works. And part, and this is a, a uh, unique workplace in that it has guys from different backgrounds and, and that speak different languages even. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure that uh, this is, is accurate, you know, separation amongst the players. I, I don't think that's really anything. Uh, but I would, I mean, I would just say that it, it, it reminds me a lot of past clubhouses. You can take that for what it's worth, but I'm not sensing the um, negativity even that I was last year when, when it was very apparent that their failure to live up to the expectations of last season was, was kind of dragging on them. Well, and two, uh, I also saw a complaint yesterday after Aloy hit his home run that the White Sox were smiling too much in the clubhouse and that they weren't taking it seriously enough. So, you know, let's just win some games. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's just the, the, the whole – it's nice when they win 7-3, to three, right? I think we can all agree on that. Let's take a break. I think we love Comet, don't we, Herb? We do because the Comet Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future, Sean. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comet offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC system, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. How does that work, Sean? Oh, Herb, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs and these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours and then with and then within three to four weeks customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately each recommendation will include estimated energy savings cost savings project costs potential incentives and simple payback if you own a business do do you own a business herb i don't yet but I wouldn't wait, there though. You, go. you wouldn't wait. Don't wait, folks. If you own a business, get started saving money and energy today for energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comment.com slash powering biz. Did you say comment.com slash powering biz? Can you spell biz? B-I-Z? Yes, I did. Comment.com slash powering bid. Biz. Uh, not bid. Uh, biz. Um, what you drinking, Herb? I'm drinking a delicious Goose Island. Um, it's what the... Uh, the Brewers are drinking over at Goose Island. You also got the 312 Wheat Ale that you're drinking on the pregame show. And and I even want to just go a deep cut, all right? It's the Sophie. Mm. It's a Saison with the orange peel. Uh, Fancy. Picked that up at the, the Target um, and uh, ha- had a sip of that. And, oh, wow, uh, very orangey, very nice, uh, a very flavorful beer. So, I mean, you could go with the 312 you can go with the Lemon Shandy Sampler. You could go with the Full Pocket Pills. You could go with the Sophie. You could go with the Matilda. Vinny, you got a favorite that I haven't mentioned yet, or have I, have I hit most of them? You've mentioned my two favorites. Remember that 312 Raspberry deal we were having uh, oh, down yeah. in Oklahoma? Absolutely. That was real good. Hell yeah. Um, and hey, too, I was watching Top Chef, and it was watching season four. They did that one in uh, Chicago. I saw the old Goose Island case, the old logo, the red logo for Honker's Ale. Uh, so it was a, a huge throwback to 2004. So shout out to Goose Island. They've been Chicago's beer since 1988. Eight, and they are our beer over here at CHGO. We're very proud of them being our sponsor. So go over to their two locations. Uh, they have one in Lincoln Park on Clybourne Avenue, the original Goose Island Brew House, and their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Um, let's get into just some quick ones. We touched on this, um, and then now we're an hour in, so hey, uh, things get away. 
Is Romy the next second baseman? And uh, I'll phrase it this way too. Between Elvis, Hanser, and Romy, uh, when Elvis is active, who loses a roster spot? Vinny, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to her. I mean, right now, just based on sheer playing time, it's probably got to be Hanser Alberto, um, but we'll see if and how that is done. Um, Romy Gonzalez is hitting right now. And so, I mean, I think he deserves uh, the opportunity that he's gotten while Elvis has been on the IL. Um, that IL stays probably going to wrap up pretty soon. But remember, Romy Gonzalez was talked about as a versatile player in spring training. Uh, they could maybe find some ways to get him into the lineup. But while he's hitting, He's got he's to stick around, and, and Pedro said as much uh, tonight, saying if he's going to hit a home run every game, then uh, of course they're going to have to find some at-bats for him. Yeah, I agree with Vinny. Like, I think Romy sh- should be in the lineup majority of the time, even when Elvis comes back. And, yeah, it would be Hanser Alberto will be the casualty out of those three, but I don't even know if he will be actually not on the team at that time. So, yeah, Romy deserves more playing time. I, the lion's share of playing time until he proves that he's not – the guy or not uh doing um the hitting that he was early in the year like in april if he's hitting like that yeah you sit him on the bench but he has so much versatility with the playing and with pinch running he's one of the fastest runners on the team i like his range at second too i mean we saw a play where he went behind the second base bag towards in front tim, of tim yeah uh, and, and picked that ball up and made a nice throw so i mean i don't even know if i, I i've seen the versatility as much but i like him playing second um, so I, I can't complain too much. Uh, I, I would say uh, Romy, and then I wouldn't be surprised, too, for like an IL stint for Hanser. I, I don't know if they're going to DFA him. I think I'm going to IL to the end and play. We saw him uh, hurt his shoulder or, or on that oh, swing, so maybe, safe. you know, hey, it's been acting up. You know, I, maybe it's a phantom stint for Hanser. Uh, but I, I do think that Hanser is probably the right answer there. Um, Two-inning Raylo. Any mentions on that from Pedro? Um, he just looked fantastic. He was awesome. He was awesome. And he's been a lot better in May. Obviously, he had those troubles in April. The bullpen in general has been much, much better in May. But, uh, man, Lopez uh, has looked good. And, boy, did he look good tonight. Um, That second inning that he pitched struck out all three batters he faced. Uh, They weren't doing anything against him. And uh, Lucas was talking about, you know, some of the pitches he was throwing and and how it might be harkened back to his starter days a little bit. Uh, You know, you forget that. Lopez maybe had the stamina at one point to to go the rest of the way, right? <laughs> and, and in a game like this, if, if he was that hot, he struck out like fifteen in a game. I mean, yeah. like in a major league game, like yeah. he was he was real good at one at one point. Uh, eight whiffs on eighteen swings uh, for Reynaldo Lopez tonight. Uh, final one for Vinny. You wrote an article up uh, on all CHGO. We talked about it in the pregame, uh, but Liam Hendricks, his wonderful return yesterday. Um, I know Liam spoke postgame about the experience. I know even Christy uh, spoke, and you have the quotes in your piece at allchgo.com, so people can go and read it there. But uh, what was your biggest takeaway? Because I know, obviously, we've talked about this over the six months that it's been ongoing and that we've known to, known about it, but um, is there anything new about Liam's battle or, or Liam's return uh, that you want to share with people? Well, I, I think just what struck me was that it was a mix of a very, very unique moment and getting a guy back who who we all know so well right and 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 seeing both the the unexpected and the expected from him you know he's a guy who um was very emotional in soaking that in last night and i don't think the the way that both he and his wife christy talked uh you know he wasn't he he wasn't that guy really during the cancer process uh and and for him to all of a sudden be welcomed back to 
welcomed back officially, it, it got to him in a good way. You know what I mean? It, it, it made him emotional. It made him tear up. Uh, he was talking about crying uh, when he saw the White Sox video that they put out the night before. Um, he came out for the check presentation for the Lymphoma Research Foundation and, and, and was crying while, while he was standing there next to his wife. And then obviously not looking like it was a regular day at the office when he stepped on the mound and everybody in this stadium was clapping for him. Um, it, it got to him. And, and it, like I said, in a good way, and, and that's the unique, that's the special about last night. But of course there he was, he doesn't make a pitch the way he wants to, and he's already cursing and you can hear it up in the press box. You, you, you're talking to him after the game. Hey man, you just beat cancer. You're back from cancer. This is amazing. And he's talking about being pissed about the two runs that he gave up. I mean, this is the guy who, who everybody knows who, who the White Sox know, who White Sox fans know. Um, and, and so that mix of both the very abnormal uh, in a very good way and the very normal in this guy, being here like it was just yesterday um you know that's that's kind of what struck me last night yeah and it was an amazing moment i was there it was great times and uh that crowd gave him uh, i think the the welcome back that he deserves and more and i just uh caution people who i know people already and liam himself mad about his outing just caution people like last year he did the same type of thing we remember the detroit game in the early april i remember i was getting on you sean i was like Man, then Liam's still struggling, and you're like, he'll be fine. Calm down. This May 30 or May 29th yesterday is like his April, and and he just beat cancer. So a little grace will go a long way, guys. Like Liam, you know, doesn't need your boo hisses. He gets on himself harder than you would ever do. So I, I just find it phenomenal that he's on the mound five months after his diet. Well six months after his diagnosis, but five months after he made it public. And the fact that he went through all that stuff and was still out there pitching because I have uh, known cancer patients have done uh, radiation chemotherapy and that stuff drains you. And for the long hours that he was doing, he was still out there keeping a positive mindset and actually just pitching and actually working with the team. And Vinny would show us and tell us like, he's here, he's here in Arizona working out, doing, doing the things that he usually would do. And that's an amazing story, and uh, it couldn't happen to a better baseball player. I just don't say it because he had cancer. We said Liam is a community guy. He cares about people who are not him, that are in marginalized groups. And so I couldn't be happier for him and his wife, Christy, that they've beaten this thing, and I know they're going to do great things. They're just great people. So it's good, good story all around. And everybody around baseball, you saw it. The outpouring of uh, affection was universal. Yeah, it's about to be Pride Month as well, uh, as the uh, calendar's about to turn to June, and that's a, uh, an important month to Liam and his wife, as we know uh, from his past, uh, you know, uh, just what he's put out uh, over the past two years uh, yeah. in, in, during Pride Month. And it's also, it was uh, AAPI Heritage Month uh, today at the ballpark. I know they were handing out t-shirts. Uh, I know our pal Jan Escurio got a shirt, mm -hmm. and I'll show you Otani homered. So look at that, you know, I mean... Great there day. you go, baby. Uh, he's, he's, he's proud of his heritage. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, that's going to wrap it up uh, for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. That's Vinny Dubry. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Dubry. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and he's got not one, two articles for you at allchgo.com about buyer, buying or selling for the White Sox at the trade deadline and, of course, Liam Hendricks' return uh, over at allchgo.com. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Actorwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. 35 likes. You know who that is? Uh, we're at 36 now. So ah, it's Kevin Smith. 
Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Uh, and I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button on the way out. And we will see you tomorrow after the series finale between the White Sox and the Angels. Go Sox.